Alrighty, here we are midweek and the NBA is back and Smithy and I can't wait to get stuck into it. We've got our Hero of the Week, Game of the Week, MVP, rookies. We'll let you know how our teams are doing. Spoiler alert, it's not fantastic for either of us and a lot of stuff in between. But Smithy, I'll introduce you now, mate. I'm just glad the NBA is back first of all and then from there we'll dive in. How have you been enjoying it so far? The NBA is back and don't we love to see it? The first week, it's been a great spectacle, I think. And we're going to touch on this a bit later, but um, from all the games I've watched so far, it's just been really, really good viewing, um, which we love to see. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's no... I think this has been the best start to a year for a neutral fan. So if you support a team, but maybe in Australia, for example, if you've got KO and there's random games on, you don't have the league pass, for example, and you just want to put a game on. They've all been fantastic to watch. Let's get stuck into it, I reckon, mate. We're going to start with the hero of the week who absolutely played the lights out. We know that a week is a long time to judge, but we said it in our sort of our preview, the NBA episodes episode, if that makes sense, that we like to do an overview, a bit of a recap on the week. There are plenty of sources out there that do 24 hours. And unfortunately, Smithy and I neither have the time nor the resources to get it done every day. So we like to do an overview here, mate. Just a, uh, a reminder of what's going on and what we can look forward to next week. But let's go to the hero who played the absolute lights out this week, mate. Who was your favorite individual performance? Uh, it was Jalen Brown in that double OT game against the New York Knicks in the garden, dropping a career high. It was just an insane performance. And I know Daz has got the stats in front of him and he's going to delve into it a little bit more. But as a Celtics fan, mate, you must have been ecstatic to see him produce that so early in the season. Yeah, well, really pleased for him as a star. I mean, the game, the result wasn't the result that any Celtics fan wanted, but he beat the Celtics' uh, highest opening game individual score and he beat it four minutes into the third quarter if you can believe that and he was just on his way but he finished with 46 nine and six he had three steals as well and a block so he was fine did get himself into a little bit of foul trouble with five but stayed on the court the whole time shot 16 of 30 so over 50 percent and from there and he played really well today as well so Jalen Brown's off to a hot start and even though it wasn't the result that we wanted the uh the man was flying and he's uh he's your man mate so Give you credit for that. I reckon he was uh, balling out for you because, unfortunately, not a lot of Celtics were on that night. Yeah, and I, I sort of expected him to step up this year and have a really good year. I bought into him in the preseason and a uh, fair bit of indication already so early in the year. The thing that I loved was he shot 8 of 14 from behind the three-point line. Mm. Um, just really, really good percentage, 57%. And I think we all see Jason Tatum as that – you know, big three-point shooting closer on the Celtics. But if Jalen Brown can bring that into his game, then he adds just another very valuable dimension to his all-around uh, all bag. Yeah, definitely do. In the eight for 14 from three, sometimes fans have little uh, inside jokes or inside calls with their teams, brings them that little bit closer. Eight for 14 from three will now be known as the anti-Marcus Smart. So that's good. Jalen Brown's done well there. Let's get on to game of the week. And if it seems stiff that we're missing out on other players' performances, I mean, to be the hero of the week, you've got to be the best over a seven-day period. Plenty of auditions, plenty of good players are going to miss out. So if you say, what about this player? What about that player? No honorable mentions here, Smithy. We're just going straight to the source, mate, number one, and moving on. Yeah, if they've had big games, they might get mentioned in other segments uh, throughout the show. But hero of the week is that one eye-catching performance that just – is head and shoulders above the rest. And I think Jalen Brown was definitely that. 
Yeah, it definitely is. All right, let's move on to the game of the week, mate. Plenty of absolute thrillers, especially in the first two days, especially that second day uh, of the season. Charlotte had that amazing comeback against Indiana. I wonder if that was your favorite, but if it wasn't, what was your game of the week, mate? My game of the week is actually been segued beautifully because it was the game that Jalen Brown had 46 in. Yeah, <laughs> double OT game. The Boston Celtics, 134, lost to the New York Knicks, 138, as I said, in double overtime. And I think I picked this game part because of the how good it was to watch, but partly because of how good the crowd and the atmosphere was in the garden. The garden was absolutely rocking in this game. <laughs> it was coming. It was just going absolutely bananas. And to see the finish to force it into overtime, obviously Jalen Brown hit that absolute bomb from the logo. <laughs> and then your man, Marcus Smart, proving you wrong, hitting a three to send it to overtime, went through to the second <laughs> overtime. And whenever Derek Rose can hit a game winner or a game sealer, it puts a smile on my face. So... This game had it all. Obviously, Jalen Brown, we've already spoken about. He was the best player on the Celtics. Julius Randle balled out for the Knicks with 35 points, eight rebounds, and nine assists. I think he'll get a mention in a segment very soon. And Evan Fournay was actually really good uh, against his former team. 32 points and six rebounds with four steals on better than 50% shooting. So really, really entertaining game to watch. Great to see a packed uh garden again and um yeah hopefully there's a few more of these games coming up in the near future yeah definitely so and maybe i'll give an honorable mention for this one i know it kind of contradicts the hero but stuff it mate it's our show uh indiana and washington as well 134 to 135 went to overtime as well and it was a weird one and a bit like boston and new york and we've talked about this is high scoring games are fine if you can still show some level of defense and there still was defense in both of these games so if you are going to go to that 130 each score line if you're still getting blocks if you're still um being good on the defensive side of the ball we don't care how many points you score but i think we can both agree that if it's you know 160 each and everyone's shooting 60 percent from the field they can be lesser games to watch what do you think yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, I think there there was a game, I think it was last year, um, and it was the end score was like 173 to 171. And you just look at that and think, what's the point? It's like, you know, if you can't see that effort and that determination on the defensive end, then um, it's not as good a game to watch. But uh, there was definitely some really good defense being played in that uh, Boston and New York game, which I love to see. Yeah, there definitely was. All right, let's move off the teams for a sec and let's go to the individuals. Now, the MVP. Now, we said this in our last episode, mate. I mean, plenty of players. It would be an honor to get the whatever it would be, the 70th odd MVP. But to get the inaugural TDs and threes MP, MVP, I think would mean just that little bit more. What do you reckon? Yeah, no, you always want to win the first of something. Yep, absolutely. Uh, this, is, this is the first time that we are... Uh, crowning the TDs and threes MVP. So I am certain that everyone is going to be super excited to win this award, but um, we've got three nominees or three vote getters from the first week of the season. We're going to be tallying up the votes as we go through. And obviously whoever ends up with the highest amount of votes will be crowned the TDs and threes MVP. 
And look, it, it would mean the world if when if we reached out and said that they've won this, if we could get some sort of reply, that would be absolutely sick. But yeah, we do have a three, two, and one that you're going to run through us. And as the year goes on, I'll be updating the listeners about the leaderboard. So who gets the first three, two, and one in the MVP race for this week in the NBA, my friend? Yeah, so I'll start with the one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one is someone we've mentioned already, and it's Julius Randle uh, for the Knicks. He had that massive game against the Celtics and... Uh, so far, he's averaged 25.5 points, 11.3 rebounds, and 6.5 assists on lower shooting percentages. Uh, he's only shooting 31% from three, but he's doing just outstanding work. He's averaging two blocks per game as well, so he's doing it on both ends of the floor. And he is the clear number one option for the New York Knicks, who have really impressed me so far, um, and I've, I've really enjoyed watching them play. So. For his work on both sides of the ball uh, in a very good New York Knicks team so far, Julius Randle has the one vote. Yep, beautiful. Love it. And I agree with you. And what I like about Julius as well is to go from most improved player and you can either go, well, that's my ceiling, but he looks like he's getting better and better. It's a scary sight in New York. Let's move on to the two votes, mate. Yeah, for the two, we've got uh, last year's NBA MVP, uh, Nikola Jokic who has started off the season where he left off last year. Uh, He's averaging 26.8 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, and four and a half assists per game. And without Jamal Murray, it is obvious who is getting the ball and who's scoring the ball. Now, when someone, when a team knows who's going to be taking majority of the shots, you think they usually put a little bit more, you know, defensive pressure on them, try and make their shots tougher, and therefore they may have not as good shooting percentages like we just saw with Julius Randle. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mate, absolutely would agree. More pressure on the shot for sure. Have a listen to Nikola Jokic's shooting stats to start out the year. Hit me. He's shooting (laughs) 67.7% from the field. (laughs) He's shooting 46.7% from behind the three-point line. And 75% from the free throw line. Just ridiculous stuff. He's also averaging two steals per game as a center, which <laughs> as you do. I mean, that's not really okay, but whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, the Nuggets, they've started a bit slower this year, but Nikola Jokic has just been a man amongst boys. And it is quite obvious he's the best player on the court whenever he's on the court. So uh, he gets two votes for this week. He absolutely does. And if Kyrie can believe in a conspiracy theory, then so can I. Nicola didn't trim down for the NBA MVP, mate, but he's absolutely trimmed down for the TDs and threes MVP. And I'm more than okay with getting around that. Yeah. No, he heard that the uh, award was up for grabs and he he thought, geez, I've got to get an even better shape here because this award is prestigious. (laughs) Yeah, I would have thought so. But he's not the three vote getter, mate. He wasn't the uh, best on the court for the entire Week, I get the feeling you're going to really enjoy this. So sit back, relax. Who's got the three votes for week one of the NBA? Vindication, my friend. Um, And the current leader for the TDs and threes MVP and our first ever three-vote getter, Ja Morant from the Memphis Grizzlies. Been amazing. Now, I spoke up this guy in the preseason. I said I wanted to buy all of his stock. I was so high on him. And he has started the year like a house on fire. He's leading the league in points per game by four points, yes. uh, averaging averaging 35 points per game, four rebounds and eight assists. Just ridiculous numbers. He's not even playing that many minutes. He's only averaged 35 to start the year. So 
Um, obviously, start 11 minutes, as you'd expect, but not up there with the highest in the league. Uh, he's shooting 58% from the field, he's shooting 44% from three, which was really the knock on him. It was actually my knock on him coming in. Uh, he needed to improve his three-point shooting and he needed to try and decrease the turnovers. He's definitely produced from behind the three-point line. He's been outstanding, looked really solid. He's still averaging over four turnovers per game. So that question mark is still hovering around, but he has just been a star. It, it, it's been so fun to watch him play. The layup he had on the Lakers, it looked like he was in the air for a good eight seconds. <laughs> he could have, he, he could have got, he could have got a five second in the key violation. I reckon, um, <laughs> not just the three second offensive, the five second defensive as well. He was in the lane for hovering for that long. Uh, it's been awesome to see him go about his work. And if you are not excited by watching this kid play, you, you need to reassess what <laughs> what you are looking for in a player because it is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, it was remarkable because I remember when we did our top 10 under 23, I think it was, or 22 and under, and I didn't have him in my top 10. Now, you could probably think to yourself, Daz, you're a moron. And I did say that by the all-star break, he would be in the top 10. Now, that's where I went wrong because he's in there now. (laughs) (laughs) One week in, he's straight in. So I still stand by the fact that I needed to see it. It just so happens that I, uh, I saw it four games in. So... Jars on fire, mate, as are we. Let's move on to the rookies now. You dominated the draft episode that we had, mate, and I feel like vindication. It's This should just be the title of the episode. Smith, NBA weekly update, Smithy's vindication. Rookie of the week. So who is currently winning Rookie of the Year? Bit silly to say because we're only a week in, so we'll call it Rookie of the Week and then move on to Rookie of the Year leader as we go. But a week in, mate, who's been the best of the new generation? Yeah, so it's actually been a really, really exciting start mm. by the rookies it's been outstanding. Um, i've really loved watching the young players go about it we had chris duarte have a massive game in game one having 26 points and shooting lights out from behind the three-point line jalen green for houston has been really good we've had some really good performances around the board josh giddy's getting involved in oklahoma city yeah, but man. the first winner of rookie of the week and our current leader of rookie of the year is a man that I predicted to be rookie of the year. So I'm pretty happy about this because he's coming out and he's dominating. And it's Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors. He is averaging 17 points and eight and a half rebounds to start out his NBA career. So in his first four games, he's dominated. He had a massive game against your Celtics, actually, Daz. He had I feel 25. Like that's a sentence that I'm going to hear a lot this year. Just massive yeah. game against your Celtics. I'm going to hear that a lot. So. Yeah, it was it was by far it was by far his best game. He had 25 points on 11 of 17 shooting with 13 rebounds. Um and this guy is a point forward. He's so fun to watch with the ball in hand and his shooting has really impressed me mm. because that was one of my queries on him coming in. I loved him coming out of Florida State. I thought he was going to be an instant difference maker, but I had question marks on his shooting. I thought he was going to be a great rebounder. I thought he was going to be an awesome defender. I thought he was going to be a really good point forward style creating the offense, but he's shooting 56% so far this year. Um, been really, really impressive. Love watching him go about it. And look, I've got that little bit extra affiliation with him, but um, there's no doubting he's been fantastic so far. 
Yeah, he absolutely has. So a big congratulations to Scotty Barnes, currently winning Rookie of the Year or the TDs and Threes Rookie of the Year, which, let me tell you, is probably more prestigious for the same reasons as the MVP. Let's move on to our teams of the week. Now, your Blazers are in the West, my Celtics are in the East, so we're keeping an eye on our team's opposition, probably more so than the other conference, it's got to be said. So Smithy's going to give us his Western Conference Team of the Week, and then I'll give you my Eastern Conference Team of the Week. So Smithy, take it away. Who has been the best of the West? Yeah, so the best of the West so far for me is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, they've gone 4-0, and and I know I'll speak for myself here, but I was a bit dubious on their chances mm. to start the season. I thought they were going to be a slow starter, and then they'd get Clay back, build that chemistry, and make a barnstorming run home and sneak into the playoffs. That was my prediction for them. But they have come out and dominated off the straight off the bat. Um, they had a good win opening night against the Lakers. Uh, everyone was super excited to see uh, the LA Lakers come out with their new-look team. They were at home at Staples Center. Everyone thought they'd sort of just roll through the Warriors and start the season off in a fairy tale, but it didn't happen. The Warriors were amazing. Uh, they beat. They also beat the Clippers in a really, really good game. I know, Daz, you were uh, tossing up on having that as your game of the week mm-hmm. um, because it was a really good game to watch. And they've beaten the Sacramento Kings and the OKC Thunder, who are two teams they should beat, granted, but you still have to beat them. You know, it's it's a really tough thing to do in the NBA is to win the games you should because there's so many of them, and it's quite easy to slip up. But I've been really impressed by them. Uh, they're currently seventh in the NBA for uh, eighth in the NBA, sorry, for points per game, uh, averaging 115 points per game, 28 assists, which is it just leaps off the page for me. Um, it's their ball movement and willingness to pass the ball around is just outstanding, uh, and it's hard not to love what Steph Curry's doing. Didn't have a great shooting night game one, but had a triple double, and look. As long as he's firing, they're going to be hard to beat the Warriors. Um, I thought it might have taken him a bit longer, but it's hard to deny that anymore. And they're my Western Conference Team of the Week. Yeah, and rightly so. It's been a really mature start from Golden State. Even when they were flying through their dynasty, they always looked like that team that was having more fun than anyone else. And they look really serious and and ready to go. And I'm uh, regretting, I think we had them seventh and eighth, respectively, in our West. So we know it's way too early and we're not going to change predictions or any of that nonsense. But... We might be looking silly really early on. I'm going to move on to the East. And if you're thinking, oh, well, there's one undefeated team in the East, I guess that's where Daz is going. Uh, clearly, you haven't listened to Dazzling before. Dazzling likes the teams that put their heart and soul on the line. Chicago have been fantastic in their start. They've beaten Detroit twice. Calm down. They've beaten the Pelicans. Good, good luck to you. I'm going to look at a team that has had two inspiring comeback wins, a good win over a poor opposition, and if it wasn't for Gordon Hayward not being able to take the ball inbound, they would have been 4-0 for the first time in franchise history, and that's the Charlotte Hornets. Now, <clears throat> we had them eighth, so it looks like we're, uh, we've been sucked in twice here. Smitty, that sounds absolutely horrific. Don't tell that the wrong way. But they were 16 down against Indiana at half, and you kind of went, oh, okay, same old Charlotte. And they were able to respond. They scored 123 in both their first two games. Cleveland were fine, I guess, got a win there. But it was their performance against Brooklyn, the maturity that this young group showed. And don't forget, Terry Rozier, who is scoring 20 points a game since he left Boston, hasn't been out there. So they're scoring 123, 123, 111, 129, and leaving 20 points off the court. Like This is insane. 
So Charlotte and my Eastern team of the week, I still believe that my boys were lucky to get a win over them in overtime. They kind of mucked the end up, but they were on a back-to-back and struggling a touch, but they've got a rest now. They suit up against the Magic tomorrow, and let me tell you, knowing this, the Magic will probably win, but I reckon that could be an absolute blowout. But Charlotte, you have Dazzling's respect for this week. Yeah, that that win against Brooklyn was, was huge for them, I think. Um, whenever a young team gets a chance to come up against a, a veteran proven organization and get a big win like that on the road. Yeah. Really good stuff by the Hornets that they're really fun to watch. Yeah. Huge. Loved it. All right, let's move on to the stock market. This is Smithy's favorite time of the week. He is the ultimate sports stock man. We have a team that we're buying, holding and selling that we haven't really spoken a lot of so far, because if we repeat the same information, well, we're not going to keep you around, frankly, and we'd love to keep you around, keep you uh, going through the NBA season. So Smithy, we'll start with the buy and we'll end with the sell and have the hold in the middle. So which team are you buying this early in the season? I'm buying the New York Knicks. Hard not um, to. It's hard not to. I, Like I said, I was really, really impressed with what they did against the Celtics. I thought that showed um, great, great grit, great determination. Um, and it was a win that I probably didn't expect them to get. Um, I know they were a playoff team last year, but there's still that stigma over the Knicks, I think, especially coming into a season where they've been consistently bad for so long that it is really hard to, you know, buy into them before the season starts. Um, It's sort of, it's really tough to have that trust in them, but to see them come out on their opening night and win a double overtime game against the Celtics, uh, they've beaten, the, they blew out the Magic by 25 and then lost to the Magic a few days later, trying to uh, try and figure that out. But the win that impressed me the most was actually today. They beat the Philadelphia 76ers at home. They held the Sixers to 99 points, which was a real big tick. They held Joel Embiid to 14 points and six rebounds. Their defensive game plan on him was outstanding. Um, Outstanding. I really liked what they did there. They shut down Seth Curry, who had a big night the other night. I think Tom Thibodeau, he cops a lot, but he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done mm. with this Knicks team. And they're just all round really solid. You know, you've got uh, five players in double figures today with three more, eight plus. So you've got eight players scoring eight or more points. Uh, really well balanced. I like their combination of defense and fun offense. So uh, I'm buying into the Knicks. I think I've seen enough already to have trust in them that they're going to be good this year. Beautiful. Love that, mate. Well, I'm going to buy, I know we talked about Jar already, but I'm buying the Grizzlies as a whole. Got a good win over the Cavs early, and you'd probably say, well, they should have won that. Well, they did. Really mature performance against the Clippers as well. And they took, they got 100 shots against the Lakers. Now, they had a really poor three-point night, ended up losing by three, and they had 16 more shots. So, look, is it not the kind of loss that you want? I mean, of course, but there's sort of two ways to lose in the NBA. You can lose and be dominated, or you can lose, look at it, and go, next time we play, we know how to win. And that's that kind of loss that they had against the Lakers. We wanted them to be fun to watch and serious on defense. I know they've given up 121 twice 
and 114. And I think their three-point defense still needs some work. But as far as I'm concerned, I had Memphis as my smoky for the playoffs, so as my ninth sort of seed. And right now, I think they're playing better than that, so I'm happy to buy into them. Yeah, no, that that's more than fair. I was seriously considering Men- Memphis for my buy. They've been they're scoring the most points per game uh, in the whole NBA, so they're fun to watch. And um, yeah, obviously, Jar gravitates me towards them as well. But love the pick. Yeah, he definitely does. All right, mate. Who are you holding? This is a team that is maybe being overrated in a positive or a negative sense, and you're just telling everybody to chill, calm down. It's all going to be either okay or it's. Probably worse than we think. Who are you holding at the moment? Yeah, it's a tough one to hold because you can, as you said, you can go different ways with it. But at the moment, I'm going to hold the LA Clippers. Um, not really sure what to make of them so far. They lost that really close game to the Warriors where I thought they were really good. Um, then they lost to the Grizzlies in a game where I thought they were pretty poor. And then they made my Blazers look like a G League team the other day. So um, they're really confusing me. I'm not quite sure where they're at. I think there's the adjustment period without Kawhi Leonard is obvious for me. I think um, they obviously aren't going to be the same team without him, but it's showing up uh, on the tape. But uh, Paul George has been really good. I think he's going to have a good season. I've been surprised by Eric Bledsoe. Uh, he's actually doing a little bit of everything at the moment and being a nice complimentary piece, sort of replacing that Patrick Beverly type, just the the nitty defender um, who likes to pester people. And Luke Kennard off the bench, uh, he shot the lights out the other night against my Blazers, was six of seven for three. So they have positive signs. But at the same time, I don't know if I can trust them. So I uh, don't want to sell them, don't want to hold, don't want to buy them. So it results in a hold for me. Yeah, beautiful. Love that. Now I'm going for a team that in their last two games have scored only 61 more points than what they scored in their first game. So I'm not really sure what to make of them. And I think this is one where the media need to come down, but I'm not really sure where Miami are at right now. They came out and absolutely blew out the Bucks, 137 to 95 in the competition. And I think we did as well, went, whoa, hang on. What is this? Two days later, they go and score 91 and lose to the Pacers. So what the hell do you make of this? Sure, they beat the Magic, but I mean, at this point, Smithy, I reckon you could grab four mates and give Orlando a run for their money at the moment. And I'm sorry to the Magic fans, but if you haven't figured that out by now that you're rebuilding, then I don't know what to tell you. So... I'm still a bit unsure on what Miami are. I think across the course of the season, they are going to get a lot better. But by the time we talk next week, my friend, they've got Brooklyn, Charlotte, Memphis, and Dallas. So if they go three and one there, it's probably leaning towards a buy. If they struggle, well, I might not know enough or might be towards a sell. So I think I need to see a bit more from Miami and I'll hold the heat. Yeah, no, that's fair. I... I was with you when when they blew out the Bucks. I was like, "Hang on, here. We have got we have got two years ago Miami Heat that went to the finals. All the stars are aligning, and then then the next few days you saw just like, eh, what's going on here? <laughs> so completely agree with the hold call. Beautiful, love that. All right, mate. Let's sell now. We're gonna. We're looking at a team here and we're going, yeah, I'm, I'm not on the bandwagon. Every team has got their bandwagon, but you're going nowhere near it. Who are you selling? New Orleans Pelicans for me um, mm. have been very disappointing. 
Uh, they lost their first game to the Sixers by 20 and then got embarrassed by the Chicago Bulls. Uh, they only lost by 16, but it was the manner in which they lost. You know, Lonzo Ball had a triple-double, was throwing lobs to Alex Caruso. It was, it was sort of like pulling the wings off a fly and watching them walk around. Uh, that's what the <laughs> Chicago Bulls were doing. And then they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves on a, not a buzzer beater, but a game-winning shot by D'Angelo Russell. They they cannot be losing to the Timberwolves uh, if they if they want to be considered serious. They did beat them a few days later. Uh, played them twice in a row. But their next three games, they've got the Hawks, the Kings, and the Knicks. I can't see them winning any of those games. I think not only their play on the court has been bad, but I am seriously concerned about what's going on off court with the whole Zion Williamson thing. Mm-hmm. He's now in the top 10 heaviest players of all time in the NBA. And he said in the offseason that he wanted out of New Orleans in a roundabout way. So is this organization so dysfunctional that he he's just not showing up to play? I know he's got a foot injury. How did that happen? They have so many question marks on and off the court that I don't want a bar of them at the moment. I think they're a bad basketball team on the court, and I have real concerns about them off the court with their player management. So uh, New Orleans Pelicans, no thank you. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Now, my one might seem a little bit harsh because neither of us even talked about them when it came to our Eastern seeding. So, um, but you're looking at their roster, and I know they've lost two games by a point. Again, this might seem harsh, but the Indiana Pacers have to be better than this, surely. Their roster is better than the way they're going. They gave up a 16-point lead to the Hornets. They've given up more 30-point quarters to opposition teams than anyone else in the league so far. I know that if things go a little bit different, they might be 3-1, and one, but I'm sorry. DeMontis Sabonis is a star. You've got good role players around him, and you're not being talked about in any sort of playoff talks. Nah, not good enough for me. So, Pacers fans, I reckon you're stuck in no man's land. I do feel for you a little bit. I know you went down to the Bucks, but you've got Toronto twice, Brooklyn, and the Spurs by the time we talk again. And they could go 4-0, and 0-4, anything in between, and it wouldn't surprise me. So if I can't predict what you're going to do, I don't want to borrow you. I think you've been a bit harsh there. I don't think it's it's time to jump off the paces just yet. Um, they've been a bit unlucky. I think what they need to do is trade either DeMontis Sabonis or Miles Turner. I think for them to be the best basketball team they can be, they can't coexist with with each other, those two. Um, I think you either give the keys to DeMontis Sabonis and run him as a center, or you trade him and say, all right, Miles Turner, you do your thing. Uh, I don't think they can survive in the same front court. So that's my opinion. I'm not jumping off them yet, though. If they trade Sabonis and keep Miles Turner, I'll burn the bandwagon down. Seriously. Oh, anyway. yeah. No, that'll be bad. But, um, you know, Miles Turner's been pretty good this year. Yeah, he has not, been. He I'm has been say- very good. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that he's better than Sabonis, but it's in the realms of possibility depending on what they can get for either or. Yeah. 
Anyway, I am selling Indiana. So let's get through the hot headlines, mate. There's only a couple things to get through. Still early in the season, not a lot of headlines going on, but we'll start with Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sava is facing ele- uh, allegations, I say elections then, allegations of racism, sexism, and sexual harassment over the last 20 years of being a businessman. And the reason why we wanted to bring this up is this isn't going to be the part where we slam anyone. We're not going to be slamming Robert Sava. We're not going to be slamming the Phoenix Suns. And we're not going to be slamming anyone that has made these accusations. We are in no position to make any assumptions at all. Not only are we being nowhere near the situation, but we are in a little country at the bottom of the world talking about a situation in a country that we are nowhere near. So if you're wondering why are we bringing this up, I mean, the reason that I want to bring it up and talk about it, Smithy, is this. We have two options. The option is everything about what's been spoken about isn't true, in which case that the NBA world and a lot of social media owe a thousand apologies to Robert Sava, or what's happening is true, and I'm sure you'll be the same that we need to stand behind the NBA and make sure that people like that and future ones down the road don't have anything to do with the great sport again because there's no room for that shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm all in the camp of innocent until proven guilty, but when you're proven guilty, then... Yeah, it it's just has to stop. Um, it's it's frustrating seeing these things keep popping up um, because you just don't want this sort of stuff to tarnish the sport you love. It's really unfortunate to hear. So hopefully it's not true, but if it is, then, um, yeah, the Suns need to make some drastic changes and the NBA need to make some drastic changes because, uh, yeah, there's no room for it. Yep, they absolutely do. So we'll move on really quickly. Now, the biggest... News, mate. Now, you and I have expressed that we will never, not once on this program, talk about LeBron versus MJ. So I think the NBA got their revenge on us and decided to release their top 75 list for the 75th anniversary. If there was one thing that was going to get fans up in arms, it's leaving players off, putting players in. Imagine the top 75 list and thinking, no, no, this will be fine. Everyone will love this. Goodness me, mate, the uh, basketball world off the court exploded with some notable outs and one interesting omission that we'll get to in a second. Now, we can't really comment on players that were played probably before 2005, if we're being honest, but some noticeable absentees, Tracy McGrady, Dwight Howard, Vince Carter, Clay Thompson, and Kyrie Irving. Smithy, do any of those names jump out at you as a cause of mass surprise that they missed out? Dwight Howard. Yeah, yeah. How did Dwight Howard not make this list? <laughs> I've got his resume here. And if you can tell me that there are 75 players who had more impactful NBA careers than this man, then I would really like to discuss it because <laughs> I'm so passionate about this topic. I don't care what's happened towards the end of his career. This, this is his resume. He's an NBA champion, eight-time All-Star, three-time defensive player of the year, eight-time all-NBA player, five-time all-defensive player, and he won a slam dunk contest. (laughs) Does the slam dunk contest matter? It's on his resume. I don't care if it matters or not. It's on his resume. (laughs) Well, now we know why Aaron Gordon will never get in there. How did he not make the top 75? It is just mind-boggling to me. Mm. Someone who had such an impact that they won three defensive player of the years. It's just not okay. He should have been in the list. He could have been number 75 for all I care, but he had to be in there somewhere. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, bickering about the order really does get you nowhere. And sure, you could argue that the players are missed out. There's no real argument. But 
uh, putting them in the list and taking guys out. Uh, someone released that there was uh, eight players in there that had received one or zero all NBAs. So how does a man that got in there, how many times did you say eight? Eight. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. So, And if the argument is if he had a retired two years ago, he would have made it. Sorry, that's recency bias and you're an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> are you serious? It, it's, a, it's a whole body of work. It, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon played for the Raptors. How many people are going to know that? You know, <laughs> Patrick Ewing played for the Magic. You know, if we if we look at the whole careers and you think of the end of everyone's career, it's not going to be pretty. Shaq Michael, was a Celtic. <laughs> yeah, Shaq was a Celtic. Michael Jordan was a wizard. You know, Allen Iverson was a part of the Denver Nuggets. These are all things that happened. If you look at the end of everyone's career, it's not going to be good. It's the whole body of work that you need mm. to look at. And Dwight Howard on the Magic was one of the most unstoppable players you'll ever see. Mm. So uh, it is farcical that he didn't make this yeah. list. And, and my favorite storyline, Mello was out of the league and then came back. <laughs> Still yeah. got there. So, Which uh, never should have happened, by the way. But anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's not what we're here to talk about. The Another couple of things on this as well. Clay Thompson's Instagram reaction. Um, he copped a lot of heat for just thinking that he belonged there. Now, he wasn't saying that to try to change anyone's mind, but I think it goes to show how sensitive some fans can be. There's an argument that Clay Thompson is, and you can put him in your top, you know, three, five, ten shooters of all time. But the man with the basketball, I trust a lot more than 90% of the league with a basketball to get it into the hoop. But just a quick yes or no, do you think he deserved to make it? Uh, no for me. No for Smithy. Tracy McGrady, have you got enough to comment? Uh, yeah. He's right on the borderline. Um, I probably would have put him in over maybe someone from the 1950s or something like that. It's all very, very tough to say, but... He was a seven-time All-Star and seven-time All-NBA and won two scoring titles. So uh, in that prime of his career, he was a superstar. Uh, Obviously, people remember him for being the injury-prone guy who sort of, you know, could have been anything, but he was something for quite a few years there. I did love when he'd say, if I could, uh, someone, an interviewer asked him, uh, w- would you love to play in the game today? And he said, yes, for one reason, I'd drop 40 a night. I love that confidence. That's fantastic yeah. to me. And he would have. That's a real you level of arrogance there, and that's what I can really get behind. All right, the last one on the list, and then we'll get into our teams, mate. Uh, the <clears throat> story that went around that Kyrie Irving was in the top 75 until his uh, vaccine stance, we're going to call it, and that's all we're going to call it came through and it would have been a bad look if Kyrie was in the top 75, which as far as a PR goes, in my opinion, is full of shit. Um, But if this does, if this is true and from a few reports, it says that it is, do you think that's a show of bad faith if he was in there to take him out over something that is essentially his choice? Yeah, no, bad, bad take for me. Um, I think, it's got nothing to do with what he's done for the game of basketball and for the NBA. Um, and if he's on that list, if you think that his career is worthy of making that list and you disregard his career for a personal choice, then I think that's ridiculous. Um, if he was to retire for medical reasons, say, um, you know, he had a, a knee injury and he had to retire. 
if they would have put him on for his career prior to this year, mm. then regardless of why he isn't playing now, he should still be on there. Yep. Because I know for a fact if he medically retired and they wanted him on that list, that medical retirement wouldn't have stopped them from putting him on the list. So um, to do it for a, a choice regarding a vaccination, yeah, not in good taste. I, I don't like that. Or he could have just done a Dwight and played for two years too long and get himself kicked off the list anyway. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could have uh, he could have signed with uh, Washington and been their third string point guard or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get into the Blazers breakdown. And speaking of breakdowns, I reckon Smithy might have one here because they went one and two for the week. Now you were so up and about with the Phoenix Suns match, mate. You were on cloud nine and it came back to bite you. That optimism that I keep warning you about came back to bite you with the Clippers game, but at one and two, how do you feel about the Blazers and how do you feel about their match against the Grizzlies tomorrow? The week's been going for a season and I feel like I've (laughs) aged three years already, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Between the Portland Trailblazers between the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA and the Carolina Panthers (laughs) in the NFL, uh, go check out our NFL content on the uh, on the podcast. Anything uh, for a plug? Different episodes. That's Anything it. for a plug? Uh, between those two, seriously, I'm going to go grey soon. Um, <laughs> the loss to the loss to the Kings in the opening game was a tough pill to swallow. We looked bad defensively, and going off my pessimism from last year, I sort of thought, "Oh, great, coaching change hasn't done anything. We still suck. Fantastic." <laughs> And then the Phoenix Sun games rolls around and I'm with my lovely partner. So shout out to her. And I go, oh, look, Portland are on TV today uh, in Australia. They're on SBS, great Australian channel uh, that play the NBA. So shout out to SBS. And I said, oh, sponsor, but if they want to get on board, we're more than happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, look, the Blazers are on the TV. Can I, I I might just watch the game. She's like, yeah, go for it. Go watch the game. I was sitting there like an excited child watching a Santa Claus documentary. I just thought this is the greatest thing ever. We are playing such good defense. We're moving the ball on offense. Everything is flowing. We're locking down Devin Booker. CJ McCullum was playing lockdown defense. What? What? <laughs> what? What parallel universe was I in when I was watching this game? It was incredible. I was thinking, okay, Chauncey Billups is for real. Look at his game plan. This is fantastic. And then the Clippers game happened. (laughs) And I was at work. I was working. I was slaving away. And in the back of my head, I knew that the Blazers were on. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder how this is going. I get off my long shift, check my phone, and see that we lost by 30. (laughs) Just not good. Um, The Clippers embarrassed us. And I went from being so down to sew up, to sew down again. Well, it just means you're going to be up tomorrow, mate, and I'm here for it. I'm very concerned because the Grizzlies are averaging the most points of game in the NBA right now, and we are a bad defense. And that combination is not a good thought. <laughs> the, the main takeaway from week one is what the bloody hell is going on with Dame? Mm. I love yeah. Damien Lillard. I've said it on the podcast so many times. He is shooting two for 24 from three-point range. Yeah. Two for 24 in three games. 
And you might be thinking, oh, he takes a lot of contest. He takes a lot of contested three pointers. Uh, you know, they might have a hand in his face, and he might be struggling. Ten of those have been wide open, Daz. Mm. Guess how many he's made? No, surely it would be two out of ten, and the rest are contested, mate. Surely he's just struggling with a hand in his face. A fat goose egg, my friend. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, come He's on, had game. 10 open threes for zero makes. This is a man that made Paul George look stupid from about 108 feet out. Come on, Dane. Goodness me, son. And I know I know for a fact that this is just not going to continue. I know for a fact. I know that this just won't keep happening. But it's still not good to see, um, especially after an offseason of such turmoil and you know, conspiracizing and all of this stuff that the media did in terms of Dame wanting out of Portland, for him to come out and start as badly as he has, oh, it's just not good. Um, are we looking for him to have a big bounce back tomorrow? Not confident about our game against the Grizzlies. Not really confident about any game at the moment. And yeah, it, it's it's not a good start. <laughs> no, it's not the start that Smithy was looking for. Let's move on to my Celtics now. I actually, I don't remember my initial reaction to you. So if you want to fill the listeners in and me, but I don't actually think I was too upset about the loss to the Knicks. It was the good, the game was that good. Jalen was that good. And Jason Tatum shot horrifically, which is fine. He can do that sometimes, but in a game in which we weren't that great, lost by four, double overtime in a way that's fine. We had Toronto up next and I was just like, this has redemption written all over it. If I was Toronto, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. Home court, and we serve up that shit. And I went, oh, yeah, this is what I get for being optimistic, mate. Your optimism had gotten around Daz, and it had poisoned me. We were atrocious. And then we get to, excuse me, Houston, and I said to you, watch us lose. (laughs) Like That's just the way that we were going. And if we had have lost, mate, I would have sold the Celtics that quickly. In the, uh, in the stock market, it wouldn't have been funny. And then we were down eight at quarter time. And if I had enough jerseys, I might have burned them at that point. But I've still got some boxes to unpack. So luckily, the, uh, the old jerseys are safe. But we got the win there, really dominant second and third quarters. But it was the game against the Hornets where, look, both teams had their chances to win. It went to overtime. Charlotte got tied and we took over. JT only scored two points in overtime, which was kind of cool because Jalen Brown got involved as well. Really liked Jabari Parker's influence as well. But at two and two, I don't know anything more about the Celtics than I knew when we started. So it is a bit of a weird one. And if I have a quick look on who we've got before we talk again, we've got the Wizards twice in a row, Thursday and Sunday Australia time. We've then got the Bulls cannot wait for that. So the three games for the Celtics next week, fingers crossed we can go two and one or better because the Wizards have been good, mate. Yeah, no, the Wizards have been good to watch so far. Um, Yeah, I'd be looking to go two and one there. Um, I think he's capable of beating the Bulls and you have to at least take one off the Wizards there. Um, But I love love what Jalen Brown's doing. Uh, I know we spoke about it in the hero of the week segment at the start of the episode, but um, it wasn't just that one and done game. He he played awesome today. So really liking what he's producing. Yeah. Missed the game uh, against Toronto. No, missed the Houston game. It was his birthday. So probably got on the beers with the boys and followed it up with 30, which was good. All right. One more thing, my friend, and then we're out of here. So, 
Coming into the season, we were debating on how much of an effect the foul baiting would have on the refereeing in the NBA, most notably James Harden, Trey Young, Steph Curry, amongst others. For the first time in NBA history, we have a, I think it's, uh, what are we, eight days in. So by the time the stat had come out, the first six days of NBA action, we had less than 20 free throw attempts per game at 19.3, which is absolutely nuts. What do you think of the foul baiting calls? What are you thinking about the general state of NBA early on in the season? And do you hope this trend continues as we go throughout? I absolutely love it. Yeah, we agree here. Absolutely love it. It has been, I mentioned it off the top that it's just been such a great spectacle to watch over the first week, the NBA. Um, And, you know, it got to a point last year where you sort of just shook your head and thought, how much longer are we going to have to watch free throw attempts? You know, how much longer are we going to have to watch poor defenders literally having to avoid going near their direct opponent because they'll jump into them and get a, a foul call, you know? And now you see the players sort of jump to the side and bump into their defender looking for the call and it's a no call and you just think, hell yeah, you know, I like this because one, it makes the offensive player look silly. (laughs) Two, it actually gives you an advantage on the fast break because usually those shots are really bad shots and they end up in comfortable rebounds and, and fast breaks for our team. So it's just producing such better quality basketball. Uh, I've loved watching the NBA. It's probably the most fun I've had watching the NBA in quite a few years to start mm. the year. So loving what is happening. Mate, and loving what we are doing as well, TDs and threes. For all our NBA listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Having a little bit of problem with YouTube at the moment. Fingers crossed we can get that up. I know I talked about it in the NFL, but for the NBA listeners who didn't catch it, we are trying to get... These uh, videos on YouTube and YouTube are being a little bit of a pain right now. So fingers crossed we can get that fixed as soon as possible. Smithy, you've been fantastic as always, mate. I hope the Blazers get up for you this week so we can have a more positive Smithy in the house next week. Hope the Celtics go well. Hope your team goes well. Smithy's going to sign us off. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to the first official episode of the NBA season. Hope you enjoyed. Feel free to send us a message with your MVP of the week, your team of the week, your game of the week, your rookie of the week, all of the segments we've done today. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Hope your team does well this week, unless they play the Blazers, but most importantly, stay safe, everyone.